Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, and this is episode 13 of Passionate Pioneers. In this episode, we spoke with a machine learning engineer turned entrepreneur and startup founder. Charu Singhal is a founder and CEO of ETA, an artificial intelligence engine that uses massive data sets of hospital-verified images to provide data-driven skin insights. During this episode, Charo discussed her journey as a machine learning engineer and how her previous pursuits have led her to founding ETA and the life-saving results the technology has already demonstrated. Additionally, Charu outlines where her team is planning on applying their artificial intelligence expertise within other disciplines of the healthcare industry moving forward. Lastly, Charo shares how our listening community can implement simple tactics to adopt proper skin monitoring techniques for themselves and their loved ones. Before we dive into the podcast, I want to thank and celebrate Charu and her team for building their life-saving technology. While ETA is still considered a startup, their company has already screened almost 3,000 people and has saved over 40 lives. After listening to this episode, it is my hope you will connect with Charu and her team to help further propel their startup that is making an impact in so many communities across the nation. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Charu, welcome to our podcast, being recorded at Halo Creative Labs, located inside of AngelMD's headquarters here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. Thank you, Mike. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast today as you are doing some game-changing and life-saving work in detecting skin cancer in new and cutting-edge ways. This is going to be an exciting discussion around the expertise that you possess within the machine learning space. I look forward to learning more as to what exactly that means and how you are applying your gifts to a potentially deadly matter if not detected early. But before we dive into how you and your company are leveraging machine learning and creating an artificial intelligence engine to detect skin cancer... A bit of housekeeping. For our audience, while listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to visit the episode notes to share feedback and ideas with our guests via our guest feedback form link and to nominate other passionate pioneers for a future episode via our guest nomination form link. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli in iTunes or Spotify. All right, Charu. Before we geek out on the technology your organization is creating, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. So we're going to randomly select a question here out of these three. Go ahead and grab whatever one you like. All right. Favorite meal. Okay. So your favorite meal that you either like to prepare or eat and why? Okay. Or, or, or both. Okay. So on a regular basis, I eat pretty much the same thing every day. Um, in order to optimize my energy and not get sick. Okay. I know that sounds kind of lame, but um, my favorite meal, my comfort food, you know, like just terrible day, going home. It just reminds me of home. It just makes me feel good. Okay. It's 
just a very simple Punjabi staple dish. It's just rice and rajma, which is like kidney beans and yogurt with some uh, cucumber chopped up in it. It just feels good. Like it just feels warming and good. And reminds you of home? It reminds me of home, but go. it reminds me of my mom and it just feels good. Is there any spice in it? Lots of spice. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, lots of spice. Did mom make that growing up or the family or? Growing up when you're sick, you know, it's just a very staple food. That's your go-to. It's my go-to. I like it. I'll have to try that. Maybe one day we'll have to have some here we'll, at Catalyst. We'll have some right here. I love it. Since you, your company is based here at Catalyst and we have our community cafe, well, maybe one day we'll have to fire some up. Absolutely. And we bring will. the spice. I love the spice. All the spice. I love it. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you for that. So we're going to talk machine learning artificial intelligence, skin cancer, and more. But before we do that, Charlie, the story around what all of you have created with your organization, your move from Chicago to Denver, and the movement that you are creating with this technology is so inspiring. But before we dive into kind of current state and where you are as an organization, the things you are accomplishing, take it back a bit. One just doesn't fall into, I'm an artificial intelligence expert. I'm building machine learning. How did you even get to the point where you are today to be able to build these game-changing and literally life-saving technologies? Um, it's been a really bizarre journey. And you know, connecting the dots has been... Um, a bit difficult for me from now looking at like, what was I doing? How did I even get here? Uh, so I was actually teaching English uh, to fourth graders in the Chicago public school system. Oh, wow. And I got into that because I was really inspired after tutoring two brothers from Eritrea and helping them get jobs with which they could afford to buy their sister back from trafficking. Wow. I, I became really inspired to become a teacher. Um, because I thought that that was my calling to have an impact on the world. And when I was teaching, I had the opportunity to implement an ed tech app in my classroom. And I was not very technologically savvy, um, but I was able to implement it. And I watched students interact with it and their scores went up immensely. Their reading comprehension skills improved significantly. Let's pause there for a moment. So you had an opportunity to implement this technology. How did you even discover it in the first place? How did you know like, oh, this is going to be a game changer for my students? Oh, it was just given to me. Okay. It was just, so they were testing it in schools. Gotcha. Um, and I didn't know what to expect, but it was doing a better job than me. <laughs> I saw the impact that it was making and it was something that I didn't know how to articulate then as, as being a scalable impact, hmm. but that's what it was. Because I always believed that like one person helping one person is what would make an impact. But I saw technology doing something so scalable. One to many. It was insane. And, and it just lit the spark. Um, I started to learn how to code on my nights and weekends. And then, you know, I got into a graduate program where everyone was like, you have an arts background. Like, how are you going to, you want to, you know, I, and I would say I want, I want to build artificial intelligence because I, you know, I think that is the most impactful way to help people. That That is the future. It's the hardest thing, you know, in my mind to build at that time, at least. But I was so determined. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I know that I'm going to do this and it's going to be difficult. And it was difficult. <laughs> so I actually started working for a health tech startup that provided mental health services to veterans mm. um, using NLP, cognitive behavioral therapy. What For our audience listening in, what is NLP? What's that stand for? Oh, sorry. Natural language processing. And what does that mean? Um, so it is basically a robot that 
um, helps you do cognitive behavioral therapy. There are patterns to that therapy that machine learning has devised a way to make it easier so that you can have a therapist on the other end, but the material is sort of aggregated. The problems that the patient is suffering from are the material is aggregated. So so this 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 startup, this technology is leveraging these innovations to serve our veterans. Right. Unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. So I mean that was a great impact health tech startup. And I had also, that was my first time being in a startup environment and it was crazy and it was a roller coaster and I loved it. (laughs) I mean, it was, you know, I was like so young, I was taking night classes in graduate school. I had no idea what I was doing. I love it. I broke a, you know, $500 printer like during my first week there. And I was like, that's my whole salary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was, it was amazing. And I was so inspired by it. It was being on the ground level of something, building something that actually helps people. And that's when I realized I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to work for an organization that, you know, does these things. I think I'm going to build my own thing. Um, So then, uh, you know, I I took a leap of faith and I decided I was going to build uh, my own platform. And the first thing I built was an ed tech tool that allowed teachers to build lesson plans based off of current events that coincided with common core curriculum because a problem that I saw frequently was that students would ask about things and there were things happening in the community and, you know, on the globe that did not align with common core and common core is something that you have to get through Mm -hmm. every week. You have to, there are materials that you need to cover and um, you want to teach about the current events. You want your students to know how to engage with the world properly, but there's not enough time to do that and what is um, outlined in the common core. So way to align the two. Um, I did not know how to build a startup at that time. I had, does anybody when they first start? (laughs) Absolutely. So that was my learning experience. I got a lot of help. And at the end of the day, you know, I just built it and then I left it, I let it be, but that sort of, you know, that, that was a bit of a catalyst to building more things. So, you know, I worked with the state of Illinois, city of Chicago, and I built things that tracked algae blooms, helped the Department of Child and Family Services um, provide foster kids with safe housing wow. late at night through applications where they could, you know, see similar to Airbnb bots to help English as a second language students learn English better. I was wow. volunteering with the Heartland Alliance and helping their Burmese refugee community learn English and engage with um, their children's schools better so because that's, you know, where it starts. So built a lot of things. Um, and then I realized I needed to make some money. <laughs> so I worked in private equity for a little over a year. And around that time is when my life became affected by skin cancer and skin diseases. And there were a few different catalysts to that. Um, a friend died of melanoma that uh, had metastasized to his brain. And until this point in my life, I had always looked at skin cancer as something that, one, only happens to people who are not people of color, and two, happens to older people, you know, happens to people who are over the age of 60. And three, I didn't even understand that people die of it. I thought, oh, it's something you just have removed. You know, if you see something growing on your skin, don't you just have it removed? I didn't realize how quickly it can metastasize. I didn't realize that a melanoma can become deadly in 42 days 
which is just a little over a month. And if something is on your head, covered by hair, or you know somewhere on your back even, and you don't see it, especially if it's on your head, it can metastasize to your brain so quickly, and you won't see it. So learning about that was a big catalyst of that. Um, also, my co-founder, Joanna, actually developed this rash all over her hands, and it spread to her face and her arms and the rest of her body. And I remember she sent a picture of that rash to her father, and he said, oh, it's scabies. Uh, and scabies is the uh, rash where there are bugs in, in under your skin. Right. Um, so she started to panic. And um, that was sort of the patient journey where we like went to the ER and the ER was um, told her, oh, you know, I don't think that's scabies. I don't know. We're going to give you all of these drugs and, you know, medications and we're going to see what works. And then she did all of that, you know, and then we were Googling images, trying to find similar ones. We put together a few similar ones. And that's kind of how I realized that we can build a machine learning model based off of this. Wow. And so how long ago was that? I mean, take us back a bit when you said, okay, we're going to go and build this, right? You had these personal experiences, but how, how long ago did you start building it? Around this time last year is when, you know, I so was- So 2018. I, I was working full-time. Um, so this was like nights, weekends, PTO days. Um, and it became slowly all of my PTO days. And then I was injured in a car accident and it became all of my car accident days. Um, it just became something that I could not stop working on and that I wanted to work on all the time. And that's, you know, how we came to the point where it was like, you know what, we could actually build a business out of this and we could do this all day, every day. And so talk about the team a bit. So you were initially, was, I'm imagining it was just yourself and now there's a you know a whole team. How did, how did that start? How did that, who did you know to bring around something like this? How did you go about it? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, to begin with, I had built similar technology for my master's capstone to identify breast cancer tumors. So I had built the machine learning technology, but around this time last year, it wasn't uh, very common to build this uh, either in the dermatology space or the radiology space. It was still like a, oh, would that work? You know, if you built that, would that work? Is Can you really take a data set, you know, of skin? Like, what about all the variations? So I had the faith that it could be built and that it would be built. So then, and I had, my co-founder is one of my best friends. Uh, we've been really good friends for about three years. She's a software engineer. Three years ago, I threw a Shark Week party, invited a the entire week. world, <laughs> the entire city of Chicago, I invited to my Shark Week party. Um, and Joanna came to the Shark Week party. Uh, we made shark tails, <laughs> themed cocktails, um, and dorsal fin hats. And we talked about being engineers in Chicago and the startup community, you know, and just how strange it is to be a woman engineer and have like, you know, on one hand, there's a spotlight. On the other hand, there's a lack of faith. Uh, so it, it was, we like, we bonded and, and we decided at that Shark Week party, someday we're going to build something together and it is going to change the world. Um, and we didn't know what at the time. The spark of a team coming together. I would have never thought it would have happened at a Shark Week party. Oh, Shark Week is now like, it's, it's our theme, right? It's our... <laughs> I love it. It's, Yeah. I love that it happened like that too. 
so you start building this team after, you know, talking over uh, shark tales starts coming together. What brought you to Denver? And then we'll talk a little bit kind of where you're at right now. I mean, this, this company's just blowing up and it's amazing to, to see the results already, but what, what brought you to Denver? Yeah. Um, I, I had, I was born, raised undergrad, graduate school, everything in Chicago, you know, and I had been on all sides of the income bracket too. I feel, I felt like I had experienced Chicago. Like I, I know that in any city there's, you know, always more to learn, but I had felt like I, my time there, I, I didn't know if I was going to learn anything new by building a company in Chicago at that point. Um, and I love Colorado. Uh, my brother lived here for a year and I remember visiting and just thinking, how lucky are these people that live here? Like, is that a lifestyle that you can have that you can go hiking? You can you sure know. is. <laughs> it sure is. And, um, you know, I've been reading all these articles about Denver coming up, you know, in the health tech scene specifically, um, you know, I was looking at Denver and New York City, and New York City is so expensive <laughs> to build a startup. And, you know, Denver, I thought might be a more open sort of community. Um, and it is. And so it was kind of a leap of faith, but it started with an accelerator program in Boulder. Which one um, was that? Boomtown with Copic. Okay. What, what is Copic? Copic is the medical liability insurance. Oh, firm. very cool. Mm-hmm. So you applied to that, mm-hmm. got accepted, went through it. How was that? How was that experience for you in the startup? That was really helpful. Um, I think I'm really glad that, you know, Joanna and I had the foresight to say, we're not going to be able to build this company from scratch without some help. Um, you know, like we knew that we needed biz dev help. We needed a lot of help. And so we were like, from the get go, let's start this off. Right. Typical startup journey. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Need a lot of help in a lot of areas. Exactly. And, you know, I didn't want to spend two years just trying without direction and help in the right ways. Um, so that was really good. Like we got, you know, with our technical abilities, we got the kind of biz dev guidance. We got the resources that we needed, the access to dermatologists, which oh, wow. is essential. Um, you know, even just, I, I found our board dermatologist because I sent him a DM on LinkedIn after watching his YouTube videos where he was doing Mo's surgery and I said, like, um, I love the fact that he is making dermatological education, you know, free and available to the public. Um, and our missions aligned in so many different ways when, you know, he, myself and Joanna talked, we just knew this is going to be a great fit. Um, and then we have a pharmacy oncologist from Sloan Kettering on our board as well. Wow. Um, that's for one of our long-term roadmaps, but also she has created a lot of medication for metastasized melanoma and for just, she's one of the most brilliant, incredibly young um, oncology pharmacists that I've met that has published so much research and does talks all around the world and just was very interested in what we were doing as well. So very cool. So you move here, you go through the go through the accelerator, you start, you know, start building the team, start building the board and in, and it's still growing rapidly, which is such a testament to to your vision and and the leadership that you've brought to this startup. But let's let's um let's pivot a bit. Let's talk about the technology itself. I think, you know, wh- how does it work? How how does artificial intelligence and machine learning how is it applied to 
the detect the detection of skin cancer. Maybe let's talk about the technology. Yeah. So um, the first thing that had to be done was data collection, mm-hmm. um, and and that is the trickiest part because that at the end of the day, anyone can write an algorithm. Uh, not anyone, but you know, it, it's something that can be done. I certainly can't. So yeah, you're correct. Not anyone. Could learn. <laughs> anyone could learn to do that. But collecting and cleaning the data um, is the incredibly difficult part, which became like, you know, you have to build partnerships with overseas clinics because our biggest thing is um, 47% of dermatologists do not know how to identify skin cancer wow. on a person of color, um, which is almost half. And this is a medical training bias that starts with the data available to medical students. Um, and this data is hard to collect. And yet, so that was one thing as we were, we were going out of our way to collect the most melanin diverse data set. And, you know, then goes the process of labeling it accordingly. So the data for a technology like yours for the layperson, that sounds like it's the fuel, it's the food. It's everything. It's everything. I mean, you, again, you can, any, not anybody, preferably anybody can build the algorithm to analyze it. But That's, if you don't have the data, the algorithm means nothing. The algorithm means nothing. You're, the value of a company like this is in the quality of data, um, the way that it's labeled and clean, and the diversity of it. So you go and collect all these uh, incredible data sets, but then now let's talk about how this technology has actually saved lives. So now it's a, it's an app. I could have it on my phone. Yes, you have the data uh, that that you had already collected. Walk walk me through a real world use case or example if it's in my hands. How do I use yeah. it as the end user? So you go on doihaveskincancer.com. Okay. Um, and then you click on Screen Me, and then you uh, follow. You know, you identify the location on the body map that we have of where your lesion is. You take a picture of the lesion and our AI algorithm instantly analyzes that picture and provides you with a risk profile of low, medium, or high. And then you can drill down and view the actual match percentages of each lesions in our data set that match to your lesion. And the risk profile was developed because um, it's not enough to say benign or malignant. There are other factors in skin cancer, um, as in there are items that are precancerous on certain individuals and not on others. Mm. Um, there are precancers that, you know, would be considered high, high risk on uh, different people. And th- there are too many nuances to skin cancer for us to say this is benign or this is malignant. It's always like, if you have an actinic keratosis, you know, that's flagged as something medium risk, because if you're 60 and above, that can become squamous all pretty quickly. You know, there's, there, there are just a lot of different uh, variations to it. So we provide the person with the exact match percentages wow. and the risk algorithm that we've... How accurate is this? It's at 98% accuracy. Wow. So what happens after that if, if I am of a high risk and the, and the technology uh, demonstrates that? What... What next? What happens after that? I reach out to you. Um, and well, first, you're given the option to book an appointment with a dermatologist, um, you know, and we help people with that. But we've also linked in some other companies that do booking. Okay. Um, all about the partnerships. All about the part. It's, you know, make it easy. Absolutely. Um, so you book an appointment with a dermatologist, but I, you know, as, as we grow, as more people use the platform, it's becoming more and more difficult to reach out to every high risk person. But I try to do that as much as possible. Um, I will personally reach out to you oh, and wow. ask you if you went to see a specialist, if you need help, 
in booking an appointment with a specialist if you don't have the insurance to book an appointment with a specialist, um, you know, and if we can figure out a workaround for that. Um, We also help you track any changes in your lesions over time. So if it's something that's flagged as low risk, it can become cancerous. Uh, And, and, you know, some melanomas don't even have visual cues. So there's, there's a few waivers, you know, that you have to go through. But also if it's low risk, we do encourage our users to track the changes. So are you reminding me as the user of this technology, if it, if it is a low risk, uh, are you reminding me like, hey, in the next 60 days, take another picture? Yes. How does that work? Yes. So we have emails that get sent out every three months because that is what we were told is like the regular. Um, I think we're going to start doing it every month to maintain stickiness a Absolutely. bit. Um, but also because a melanoma can become deadly in 42 days, that's, wow. you know, you can have something that's completely benign and then become cancerous. So let's talk about the real world and what it has meant to people's lives. Mm-hmm. What has this done for some of the people that have actually engaged with the technology? So we have screened over 2,500 people okay. um, and we have saved 41 lives. 41 so, lives. Yeah. 41 lives. Wow. Now it's like a matter of fact, like, yeah, that's the number, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's very personal because, um, it's often people who were not going to receive a screening. Uh, one of them was in Austin at South by Southwest. I was just walking around the street and I screened someone and he had a cancer. And then it becomes, it becomes this conversation. And, Absolutely. you know, that's probably the most impactful part of this is um, the vulnerability and fear that surrounds skin cancer. And, um, this being a startup, I'm able to uh, sort of de-escalate, you know, a person and sort of empower them rather than scare them to, you know, getting something removed on their skin. It becomes a, it's in many occasions, it's been a face-to-face interaction. That is so inspiring. Incredible. Well, Charlie, obviously you're an expert at building uh, technology with machine learning and artificial intelligence. And I have uh, no doubt that you're not stopping with just skin cancer. Where do you see the future of this organization? Where are you going next? What are some of the other applications that are on the horizon Mm -hmm. for the technology that you and your team have built? Yeah. So um, obviously we're doing infections, STDs, STIs, um, rashes, Uh, anything you see on your body. You know, my goal with this is to make it so that a person can do this at home without requiring a device that they don't already own. So, you know, most people have cell phones or a tablet or a computer Mm -hmm. and can do this at home. I I don't want it to, you don't have you to have to buy a, a counter piece to attach to it or anything. So, um, you know, we're starting with pictures, but we're moving on to video very soon to do more mapping of the entire body because there is the ugly duckling rule. Often the most cancerous mole is the one that you don't expect, but the one that looks different from the other moles on your body. Wow. So when do you anticipate um, those other disciplines uh, hitting the market or are they already live? Right. Rashes should go out next week, um, rashes and infections. And we're going to roll out and test, roll out and test um, mapping, full body mapping. I'm hoping by the end of December. December of 2019. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. 
Great stuff. Well, obviously, we'll have to, uh, as a community, continue to check back in as you and the team roll out yeah. more and more services and with this. Down upstairs, you know, looking, analyzing the rashes. Oh, I'm sure we will. You're, you you work in, you're, you work here quite a bit, so I'm sh- I can't wait to check back in and see where we are in the, even just the coming weeks. So mm-hmm. thank you for that update there. So let's talk about, let's bring it down a little bit. Let's... Um, Let's discuss how the community and, and the people listening in can actually, you know, do things in the real world today. What are two or three action items that our community can implement uh, with your work and your mission? Yeah. So 98% of skin cancer fatalities can be prevented with an early screening. That's eradicating this as a deadly cancer. 98, like, you know, then there's just 2%. So what you can do, and, and 50 million Americans are supposed to be receiving yearly screenings. Wow. Their doctor has set them due for it. However, 25 million is the number of peop- Americans only that actually make it to the office for a screening. Hmm. So if you, I, my action item for you is to screen yourself using doihaveskincancer.com, but also go for your yearly skin check because you know, there's a 98% chance that you won't die if you catch something early. What age do they typically recommend a patient start getting screenings? 40. 40? Yes. Good to know. Any other action items? Um, If you, uh, one thing that we're trying to do is integrate into existing platforms. Um, It's pretty simple for us to do that. Um, So if you have an application, a platform of any sort, and you think it would be nice to have you know, be able to screen anything on the skin, whether it's in the ER, in the primary care office, um, anything like that, do reach out to me because we are looking to do more integrations. And we'll talk about how to, how the community can get a hold of you here in mm-hmm. just a moment. So then now let's, let's flip the script a bit. So you've obviously, uh, given some action items for the community to, to do in their daily lives. Can you share with the community one problem, need, or question that you have that they can help you with? Um, that that was one. I guess the need was we're looking for more use cases for this in existing applications. Um, you know, as uh, our first marketing push was, I DM'd five thousand people wow. on different platforms, and then I ended up with a situation where um, it. It, it was building community, yes, yep. but there were there were so many conversations that needed to be ha- happening, um, you know. And running uh, like starting a consumer facing health tech platform like this in a space that has such a unique level of anxiety, um, it has been a bizarre emotional journey for me in just interacting with people and learning what the right way is to talk about this, how to not get overly invested in complete strangers patient journeys because that that happens all the time i bet um yeah if anybody else has a consumer facing health tech uh, platform and has experienced this and maybe you know can just sit with me and just kvetch it out or figure out you know a good way to manage all of these messages um because I get a, I get a lot. So those are the needs. Well, that then that leads into the next point to where those leaders who have those uh, abilities to help you, uh, how can they get a hold of you? So how where are some of the uh, connectivity points online uh, for people to reach out to you in the organization? Yeah, um, we're on every social media platform, or even on TikTok. 
um, as etta.io. If you would like to reach me personally, how do you how do you spell etta? E T T A dot I O. Okay. Um, and if you would like to reach me personally, you can at charu c h a r u at etta dot io. Um, we're on Instagram as etta.io. Facebook, it's Epidermis Etta. Um, we're on LinkedIn. You can just type in Etta Epidermis into the LinkedIn search bar. But yeah, or you can just go on doihaveskincancer.com and hit any of the social icons. And for everybody listening in on the episode, we will be including all of those links in the episode notes of, of this episode for being able to connect to Charu and her team. All right. It's now time to take it home. We have a fill in the blank for you. All right. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm a passionate pioneer because I believe in the principle of one person helping one person changing the world and the ability of technology to do that on a scalable level. I want to change the world and use technology to do that. Uh, I'm going to correct that. You, it's not a want. You are. You're doing incredible work. I get to see it. Uh, firsthand here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. We're thrilled and and humbled to have your leadership here in our city. Uh, We're so uh, thankful that you made that decision to move here from Chicago. Continue your march and continue uh, to move the conversation forward around skin cancer. This is something that is needed now more than ever. And I hope that this conversation will resonate with our audience around the world. So keep up the great work. And I look forward to updating the community with everything happening within the ETA space and technology. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.